Welcome to Life by Design. On this podcast, we explore ideas on self-improvement and living with intention, amongst other things. My name is Otto Abasibasi, and I am honored to be your host. In my early teens, I became obsessed with personal development as a path to growth, success, and happiness. Today, I am a full-stack creative and entrepreneur, using my skills to help people and businesses live up to their potential. And my passion for self-development is still going strong, albeit more nuanced. And now I share what I learned as I build a life by design. If there was an overarching theme to all that I do, it would be the arts of being, the acts of creating, and the space in between. I have always been interested in how we live, how we create, and how those two things interact with and inform each other. I hope you enjoy the podcast and thank you for listening. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. Welcome to the Wednesday Ramble Show. Um, still rocking with that name. Uh, I hope you guys are good. I hope you guys are great. I hope you're having a great week so far. hope you are well, healthy and living with intention. So without further ado, we'll get into it. And um, I'm going to chat about two things. I'm going to chat about how to make money of your of your art, of your heart. And I'm going to talk about how to approach uh, personal development. I had spoken a little bit about this last week already, um, but I figured that I would eventually, and I, and I did say then that I was going to expand on this a little bit more. And I may do even more writing and, and uh, break down on, on these ideas because it is something I've been thinking about at the back of my mind for a while now, just critically looking at a space of personal development and, um, you know, trying to delineate and separate the good from the bad and figure out the best way to approach this moving forward. I think with anything um, that you do in life, it's good to be critical and it's good to allow yourself to have an open mind and allow yourself the space to change your mind. It is okay. It is fine to hold different ideas at different times. It shows that you're growing. It shows that you are becoming more mature and um, hopefully becoming better. Um, but before we get into all of that, I've already started you know, going in on, on that whole topic, but let's talk about how to make money of your of your heart. And this is something I wrote like a while ago as well. This is the, from the recording from last, from Monday, Monday's uh, episode. And in this blog post, I talk about the core tenant behind monetization. Um, and we live in a world today, obviously, where, uh, you know, monetization is something that almost everyone thinks about, especially because we're so exposed to social media and because we see so many people doing so many things, um, whether on podcasts, um, you know, YouTube channels, um, streaming, all kinds of almost crowdsourced entertainment and media. Um, even blogging as well. There's just many ways to monetize and, and make money. Um, but it can be can be quite tricky, you know, trying to reconcile the two and say, listen, I am an artist. And to me, the most important thing is the art or that artistic integrity of what I'm doing. How do I balance that against commerce and against making something that uh, people would like and people want to pay for? Or, and how do I even get people to pay or, you know, give me transact um, on the basis of this art in the first place and that can be quite tricky and that is a tightrope 
and blades edge to be walked you know by every creative for themselves and everyone answers that differently um some people you know want to prioritize artistic integrity over commercial appeal and they are happy you know having your small niche um really um really passionate set of set of fans and you've got people who want to reach the most people as possible and want to make their art or their whatever they're making you know as palatable to as many people as possible so they can maximize their reach and, and that's up to you you know do what you like but the core idea is that you know whatever art you're making like if you want to monetize it you have to create a container you have to create something tangible or something that can be transacted on so that would usually be a product or a service or um you know or an experience and <laughs> And as I'm thinking about all that now, and I'm thinking that, you know, it doesn't even necessarily be need to be any of those things. I'm looking at you, NFTs, um, you know, with crypto and, and tokens and NFTs and all, all of that. You can make money off your art without necessarily even having anything tangible. But there has to be a, a platform or a method of exchange or something, you know, however virtual has to be created. Um, Otherwise, you just need to stand on the street and panhandle and let people give you money as you perform or dance or whatever it is. But you have to figure out how to, um, you know, package the thing that you do. So, um, you know, people on YouTube, for instance, you know, the product is the video. Firstly, um, I mean, that is like a tangible thing that you can interact with. You know, you can you can click and watch a video and you don't necessarily pay for that. But, you know. The, the creator earns some money because of the ads that play and and things like that um, but you can look at the platform itself as a product as a packaging of a subset of these persons ideas these persons um, view on the world um, and as well as whatever value that they have to give really right the the product the the platform becomes you know a big part of the product because that is essentially what it is, you know, right? That the person is much bigger than that channel that they're making and all the stuff that they're talking about. But that whole thing, that whole brand becomes a product that you can interact with. And that becomes a thing that they can leverage off and sell to brands and get people to pay for, people to sponsor or give free stuff to, give some kind of value to, because there's something tangible to talk about. You can't just walk into an office and be like, yo, yeah, I am entertaining and I'm creative and I love this and that pay me money it has to be something you bring into the table whether it's a clothing whether it's whether it's music whether it's a show whether it's a channel whether it's a you know whatever it is there has to be something tangible so you always got to think about that and think about listen how can i distill these things this art that i'm passionate passionate about into a product into a service into an experience that people would enjoy and that people would be willing to pay for and once you figure that out, you can now start building out your creative enterprise, your whole idea, um, and you know, bring in your brand, bring in your heart, bring in the, the soul of what you're creating into these things that people can engage with and take back with them. And, um, you know, and there you have a, a thriving creative brand if you're able to resonate properly and find the market. So you always got to think about, about that. You got to think about how do I package my thing into a container that's attractive 
to the people who I would like to hear from or like to be supported by. And once you start going down that stream and fixing and, 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 and you know, putting it together, you'll, you know, be able to make success and stuff and stuff out of that. So that's really, really the core idea um, around that. And I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty clear. And it doesn't have to be one thing. You can create many different things out of, out of your thing. You know, you could be available on, on many platforms. And I've spoken about building your stack earlier on on this podcast and in my blog and that is a part of it it's like it's trying to see in how many ways can i duplicate replicate remix transform what i do across all these places so that you know people would actually be able to connect with and see whether they're on this platform or on that platform or they're reading a book or they're watching a video there are many ways to connect with what you're doing so um you know think about that and you know bring that to bear in in whatever you're doing the next thing i like to like break down and talk about is you know how to approach personal development right and like i said it's something i've been thinking about at the back of my head for quite a while and you know because there are certain limitations around personal development as, as much as i love it as much as it's been a space and it's been a thing that as had real tangible benefit and still continues to have real tangible benefit uh, but it's such a space that is prone to a whole lot of mess and you know we, we, we gotta we, we, we gotta be careful and mindful about how we do things so anyway this was all inspired the piece i wrote this week was all inspired by an instagram post i saw by mark mason about self-help tourists and self-help junkies and he essentially says that the junkies are the ones that float from epiphany to epiphany guru to guru seminar to seminar book to book podcast to podcast they go to it all they follow it all and that becomes in, is essentially their whole lives right that's all they do just do <laughs> do all this um you know, personal development stuff. And and half the time, they're not necessarily moving. They're just high on on the insights. Or you could be a tourist. Um, you could just pop in when something has gone to shit in your life. And then, you know, you take what you need, you fix it, and you get back out. And Mark argues that you should be the latter than the former. And I do appreciate where it's coming from. I do agree that one is healthier than the other. But I want to, like, maybe bring a little bit more nuance to the to the matter as like i said it's something i've been thinking about for a while so you know let's talk about self-help for a right for a bit and when i mean self-help i mean like you know the collection the genre everything in that space whether it be content whether it be philosophies whether it be practices or tools or organizations everything that is all about making yourself better, improving yourself in one way or the other, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally or whatever, um, that entire spectrum. And in that field, in that space lies everything from, you know, the books to the, to the gurus and the, 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 you know, figures in the space to, you know, all, all, all that good stuff. So what's, what's good about all these things, right? 
I think we can all agree, no matter where you're from and no matter like what your background is, religious or otherwise, everyone would agree that there's probably like certain ideas and principles, right, that work. So if you live your life in a certain way, you most likely will get certain results. If you if you work hard, you most likely will succeed. If you um, exercise, you'll get fit. If you eat well, you'll probably have more energy. Um, if you have gratitude and you stay positive of positive mind, you would probably be less stressed and you know enjoy your life better. So there are all, all these principles, right? That definitely make life better. And that is the essence of self-help, right? To make clear these ideas and principles that make our lives better. Now, these things can often seem very right, like um, common sense. And to a large extent they are, but you know, common sense isn't common and it is always good to be reminded or have something that puts these things front of our mind because you know the world and life in the day-to-day a lot can get lost in in all of that and you do need the space to recover to reconnect to get ready to move forward and that is the promise of self-help like i said right exposing and teaching those ideas and making sure that you're good and when you awaken to these things for the first time, right? Because they're not necessarily taught in school and some of these things can be quite counterintuitive to like what society says. But, you know, once someone awakens into the possibilities of personal development, it becomes like such a great thing. And we've seen a lot of people, I've gone overboard with it as well. It can really consume your life, which is great because I, I feel like you do need that period of, of, of growth, right? Where you're just soaking everything in because... Everything is so new and everything is so amazing. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, over time you you turn to grow. And if you've been in anything for long enough, you'll be able to see the good and the bad sides of it, right? That's just life. Every, nothing is perfect. Um, and so let's talk about, like, what's bad in self-help, right? So there's the there's the issue of becoming the junkie, like like I mentioned earlier, which is you get into the space where... You get so busy chasing epiphanies and chasing ideas and chasing the latest insight that, you know, all you're really getting is a, is a dopamine hit from having the new epiphany, right? It's a bit of a high. You feel so good. Like, oh, my God, I've discovered something. Oh, my God, this is an amazing. Oh, my God, this is going to change my life. But just because, like, you know something in your head, just because you felt the high of the epiphany doesn't mean that the thing has really sunk in yet. It doesn't mean that you actually putting it into practice yet it takes that part takes work that part sometimes can take a long time that part is is boring and is day-to-day and is doing the work to make sure that this perspective this shift this idea this thing you know is bearing fruit in your life and that is the work that can sometimes be obscured by the litany of individuals and groups and organizations and businesses that come out with all their products and services and solutions saying that they can change your life right because half the time a lot of things are sold as the magic solution as the the magic key the 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 course to end all courses whatever it may be but they make it seem like this thing is easy and once you do it you'll be good and they do it that way because that's what people respond to right that's what everybody wants we are steeped in a microwave culture that wants everything today because we are so used to convenience but the fact is you know there is no real change without the work and um 
that can sometimes get get missing, right? So you can get stuck in the high and and not transition into putting it into practice. And because this is a space where you know you find people who are vulnerable, people who are hurting, looking for something to change and a way to change their lives, right? Um, and it's so easy for you know people to take advantage, right? And people do, you know it it's. It is popular to do this. There's an entire industry, like it's 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 billion dollar industry. It's huge thing, you know. It is good and it also has its bad. So I mean, even in dealing with the space, you know, you have to be careful and you have to put everything in perspective and, like I said, common sense um, as to all things. But like another like powerful thing or like really really important thing that 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 is fundamentally flawed about self-help is right there in the name. It's all about self, right? It, it can encourage a very selfish, very self-centered perspective and view of the world where everything is all about our growth and nothing else. And the thing is, we do not live in isolation. Um, our actions don't happen in isolation. We live in a world, we live in a society, um, you know, we live in a system and all those things are important. And often, you know, you know, self-help dovetails quite nicely with, you know, capitalism as a system and, you know, the rise of self-help is traced, you know, to early industrial, you know, times and the, the rise of industry and the rise of people working in cities and rise of consumerism and all that stuff, they all go hand in hand. And as powerful as it can be, yes, it can foster a too narrow view of the world and, you know, continue to push you in this era, in this philosophy of exploitation, if not of yourself, of people around you, you know, of, of everything. And, and it can really get very toxic very, very quickly. And it can fool you into thinking that you can solve the effects of systemic problems by just, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, by going harder, by, you know, drinking green tea or waking up at five or whatever it is. And, you know, self-help is not the only thing. It is important for everyone to be able to take care of themselves and to be able to understand themselves and show up as the best selves that they are. But you got to show up into the world in a way that is of service, you know, and not just taking and extracting, which too many people do. So with all of this in context, right, why, why, sh why should we follow self-help? What's the best way to approach it? And for me, I, I, I think it's like fitness. I think of personal development like I think of fitness. Um, we all know it's important to be fit in one way or the other, right? But we would all engage with that in different ways, right? At the very least, we should have like, you know, something we do daily, weekly, a walk, a run, a little exercise routine, a yoga, a class, whatever it is, but, you know, some kind of fitness. Now, you can ramp this up or cool this down as much as you like, right? You can decide, I'm going to go all the way, professional athlete, I'm going to work hard, I'm going to eat right, I'm going to make sure everything is precise and on point. Or it could be like, listen, I'm just chilling, man. I just want to, I just want to run, go for a run every other day, you know, or do 10 push-ups every day, whatever it is, but the idea is that there is some measure of that thing in your life and that you are fit and the idea of fitness right you want to be you want to be life fit 
which just like being physically fit means that you are mentally, spiritually, physically ready and able to handle all the demands of your day-to-day -day life, as well as being resilient enough to be able to, you know, endure abnormally tough times or situations. So you want to make sure you're always ready and you're always operating at a good enough level. And so, you know, that is what we should strive for. As human beings, we're never really stagnant. If you're not moving forward, if you're not doing anything, we're automatically moving backwards because of entropy, right? If you don't exercise, your muscles will waste away. If you read less, your vocabulary and quality of ideas will take a hit. If you stop practicing, whatever skills you have will fade. If you stop improving, you would fade into relevancy. Things are always moving forward, so we always have to be moving forward. And self-help helps as one of the tools to keep us on track helping us understand ourselves and helping us know how to operate, you know, in our best and inspiring us, hopefully, and providing the tools and roadmap to be able to push things further if we ever needed to, you know, ramp things up to the next level. But at the end of the day, it all is up to you and it's all a part of what you think your life you should be and what will make you happy and what will bring you most fulfillment what will place you to be of most service and then you design your life in that way so you know i believe everyone should be involved in some form of personal development right everyone wants to make a little bit more money they want to you know build a side hustle they want to you know live better they want to be less stressed they want to have better relationships and all these different things and they're varied and across the board but they all are part of improvement and getting yourself better and there is nothing wrong with reading with looking for information with taking classes with listening to other people you know to get better we must just not get stuck in always looking for an insight but we must take those insights and put them to practice and keep all of this in healthy balance with everything in our lives it's great to wake up at five and it's great to do all the work and do all the things you need to do. It is just as great to chill, to be lazy, to bum around, to just indulge yourself sometimes. That is also healthy. All things in moderation, you know. So get the main things right. Have the tools and things at your fingertips. Absorb ideas from great places. Live intentionally. Enjoy your life. And that is what all of this is about anyway. Um, and with that said... I want to wish you a great rest of your week, rest of whenever you're listening to this. And um, yeah, have a great one. Until next week, be awesome. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, if you want more, feel free to check out other episodes on the podcast. Or, you know, check out my website as well. Otobasibasi.com. That's O-T-O-A-B-A-S-I-B-A-S-S-E-Y.com. Um, there's hundreds of blog posts on there. Um, we've got playlists on there, um, as well as you know, video interviews and books that I wrote as well. You know, so just check out what I'm into, check out what I do, and there's probably something in there that will give you value as well. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll check you on the next episode.